unveiling the impact of absentee fathers in our adult children's lives. Are you an adult that still carries the trauma of not having a father's presence in your life? Are you a father that regrets the decision of not being there for your children? Are you a father that just wants to understand how to be a father to your children when maybe you don't understand how? These and so many other questions will be answered in this several week journey of interviews that I simply call Candid Conversations through the eyes of fathers that have gotten it wrong in some areas and right in others. But ultimately, it was their relationship with God that helped them get it right. So without further anticipation, let's jump right in. Only there's a study that done. Let's talk about co communication based on words, right? Only 7%, according to this study by a psychologist, of communication is based on words we say. Mm -hmm. Okay. The remaining 93% is based on nonverbal. Right. And of that, the paralinguistics. So when we talk about paralinguistics, we're talking about pitch, talking about volume, talking about tone, mm -hmm. about 40% of your communication. And so we have to learn to de-escalate through effective communication. And the things that you practice that go along with that <laughs> is going to be fruit of the spirit, right? It's going to yes. be patience. Yes. Right? It's going to be peace. It's going to be love. It's going to be kindness. You know, I, I spent all of seven years doing it the other way. So it was time to start practicing a new way. But we don't know that way unless we know the Lord, right? And we ask him to speak to our heart, but we also have to realize that there are the practical things around communication that we can do too. Uh, these types of skills and that there's training available to us. And so get into a parenting class, get into, because there's resources that are available to us and we can talk about what some of those are, but, uh, you know, the biggest thing, Eleanor, is being respectful. It's being respectful. Uh, even when you don't agree with something, with, uh, you know, some a co-parent, uh, it's, it's, it's important to be respectful, avoid name calling, mm -hmm. other hurtful language. Uh, those things escalate. Yes, they do. And so we have to learn to de-escalate these things. Uh, we have to learn to, if there's an issue that is as hand, at hand, we got to stick to the issue. You know, we have to learn to really just stick to the issue, uh, focus on that topic, uh, try not to bring up past issues, unrelated topics, because, you know, we want to try to get it all in, you know. Um, you did. Yes. And I talked about that use. So the next statement is use I statements. You have to talk about uh, not what you did and you did that. You have to express your feelings based on individually where you are. Yes. I, can I jump in really quick? Can sure. you, Absolutely. you spoke about leadership. And this one here, I want. I need you to just hit this home run for everybody. How we live, how a father and a mother too. So, but how we live as a father specifically, because this is, we know you just spoke about it, how that the father is the one, whether it's a son or a daughter, they're looking at the father. For that, for that major validation and how to navigate through life and things of that nature. But can you speak to, as a, a man being the head in the household, is, we can go all the way into that. It's way deeper than some people think. They think they're just the head. No, it's, you're not just the head because, but the leadership, how a father lives before his children. 
is so powerful because you spoke about your daughter came to live with you when she was 14. So you had to live, you had to quickly, even though you had already been on this path for these years now, we're talking 12 years now, her being outside of the home with you because you parted ways when she was two. Now she's 14. And that's another thing, how the Lord will bring things full circle. We, we God has a way of doing things that we are not, we don't even know he's doing or orchestrating. But at 14 years old, she comes to live with you. So you were living a life and I'm sure she was coming to visit and things of that nature often. But you were living a life of a man on his own because you didn't have a child at home. So now you have to shift and say, I have my child with me now, my daughter, especially with daughters living with me. How does that look when you have to live a life before your children an appropriate God-fearing life before your child? I'm glad that you asked the question, particularly in the way that you asked it. Um, for me, God is so good. You know, he started uh, working me probably four years before my daughter came to live with me. And, and it was unbeknownst to me. And so and this is why, you know, it stirs, it really stirs my heart because he knew that day was coming, you know, uh, and also, you know, I had always, my prayer had always been if my daughter has a need to come and live with me, that that would be available to her, that I would be in a position, but not only in a position, I would be in a posture that it would be a wholesome, healthy environment for her to live. And so it started before that day arrived, it started and it started with me rededicating um, my life. And, you know, and, and, and as I said, you know, throughout my daughter always, I always visited, I always had visiting rights and it was on the most part every other weekend, right? that I had parenting time, even, even when I moved away, when I moved to Dayton, Ohio, every other weekend, I was traveling to Detroit. And so that, that, that was a commitment that I made in my heart. And I made it uh, before God. I made it, you know, before my, my mom, um, and, and to my family and, you know, and they helped me with that because, you know, when you're traveling, you know, a couple of hundred miles, sometimes things don't quite work out. So you have someone who can, you know, step in, fill in the gap. Uh, but the thing I, I, I really want to emphasize simply here is um, as a father, we, we have to realize that raising kids is not about discipline. You know, we often hear people quote, you know, the, the scripture in the Bible about spare the rod, spoil the child. You know, that's really a, a commentary on a particular passage of scripture. But the role of discipline in the life of the child and the parent is to train them uh, in character. It's character building. And so the best thing uh, that we can do in, in, for our children is help to shape their character. It's the most important, significant aspect of parenting is character development. You know, the uh, Proverbs 24 talks about uh, it takes wisdom to have a good family. It takes understanding to make it strong, right? It takes knowledge to fill a home 
with rare and beautiful treasures, mm. our children. And so we're talking again about, about skill. And so we have to realize that, you know, I am to speak that which is in the word, but not only speak it, I'm not merely to listen to what it says. And so to deceive myself, I'm to do what it says. And so to model what it looks like, because our children will be the first to tell us, you know, if we're asking them to do something and we don't model it ourselves, they'll tell us, right? And it's not that we're perfect, but we have to recognize that educating and training, uh, speaking to the thoughts of attitudes and uh, the attitudes of a heart and encouraging our children and admonishing our children when they don't have healthy boundaries and, uh, you know, giving them instruction that builds them up. You know, encouragement means speaking words that build up yes. the things that we see in our children the little things when they do well we, we are to reinforce those things and when they don't do so well we, we are to share with them the things that we see we're not to tear them down though we're not to use anger we're not to try to be so controlling that we're telling them how to do it, when to do it, how fast to do it. You know, that, that was the old guard. Uh, you know, if you want to create, you know, an environment that's safe, as we were talking about, where your children will come to you, again, it's about the communication that we talked about. And so one of the things I learned early on with my daughter, you know, my father's uh, leadership style in, in my first 10 years of life, wasn't the type of leadership style that was going to be successful for me with her. Mm -hmm. So tough love, that worked for four boys, doesn't necessarily. So we have to learn to be gentle. There's, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a heavenly father who, who knows tender love towards us. Yes. Because he's so loved, right? But we have to learn also how to be tender towards our children, even in the midst of disciplining them. Because, you know, the anger, anger man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. And so we have to recognize that, you know, we have to be very careful about, you know, uh, how we approach, you know, uh, this whole idea of discipline, our, disciplining our children. And so, so it involves, it involves hard work, right? Mm -hmm. It involves, you know, training ourselves up too, as well, uh, to make sure that we are uh, seeking the wisdom of the Lord and how we approach um, the situations and circumstances of life to come up. That's good. I um, I was a single mother raising my daughter, and so that's a um, I've I've voiced that here before. I actually was that parent because I had to, I was wearing two caps, so to say. You know, you're trying to hit both sides of it. You're trying to get the offense and the defense. I have to, and so as we say, mother role, father role. When really we know as a mother, you can only wear your mother's role, um, even though you're trying to fill the shoes of a father. And the with my daughter, um, her father wasn't active. Well, mm -hmm in and out when he chose, depending on what was going on in his own personal life. And the, the thing about that was I saw the impact that it was having on her. So what I began to do, because you talked about four years prior to God had already began the preparation. And so we need to, I want to state this, that's real. Mm -hmm. When we're walking with the Lord, we know him even when we veered away from him. He he works within us and gets us to a place. And I remember my daughter being a little girl. And I remember when I began to pray for her father heavily. 
I began to pray strongly for him and his relationship with my um, daughter, his daughter, our daughter, because he had uh, he's married now and now he's having more children and she's just like out there. So I knew God had placed in me to begin to pray for him. And I didn't tear him down to her. I never, that's powerful. You talked about that. You talked about that from the woman's perspective to the father and father, like as parents, we don't tear each other down. And I didn't tear him down. I would always tell her one day God will make it so. And, and to be honest at that time, I didn't even know if I believed that because I saw his influence of where he was in not stepping up, but his family stepped up huge. Like they were there. So that's powerful too. They, I cannot turn on when I say his family, mother, sister, his aunts, his uncles, his grandparents, like they were in her life strong. But the thing, I'm, the point I'm making is I made a decision because God had placed it inside of me to start praying for her father when she was a little girl. And I pray every day, to this day, just so we're clear, I pray for them right now. And I pray, and it wasn't until, uh, I, I, it was a couple years back, it may have been now at this point, where my daughter mentioned, because she and I don't communicate like that, but she mentioned to me that her and her father were beginning to talk and communicate. And I went before God and I just thanked him because then that didn't mean that my prayers had to stop because we, you know, you still, but look at our minds a thousand years to God is a day to us. Right. So I've been praying all these years, every day, I'm talking every day that I would pray, I'm praying for them. And all these years later, my daughter will be 32. Mm -hmm. I've been so at 30 almost is when she said she was 30, actually. And she said that they were starting. I was so overjoyed inside and at all of God. And he had orchestrated so that we understand something as mothers and as fathers. But mothers, I'm saying this. There were some circumstances that were orchestrated in her father's life that caused him to navigate towards her. And God has a way of bringing us to submission. He can orchestrate the situation. Now, we talked about us in, in that, that whooping or uh, we said, you know, we talk about the word of God, talking about that spirit arise for the child. Okay, so I was a parent that, and I've said this uh, before, I was raised under that hand because I had a mom. It was put, my mama was putting it on me. She was like every day, you know, but I said I wouldn't do the same thing to my daughter. And for, I actually didn't, not the way I got it, but I still use discipline and controllingness to, uh, as a parenting style. And you said how your father raised boys, I think it was four boys, you wouldn't have been able to do that with a daughter. And that's so true because my strong hand, though it wasn't as my mother's was with me, it still was a strong hand, made my daughter rebellious in some areas because mm -hmm. that wasn't, she wasn't that type of child that would receive that type of thing. And we put off on our children behaviors. We have to think about that. Mm -hmm. We are doing these things of verbal or thinking that the whooping is we're planning something in them that we don't want to get later because when we think about Galatians when we read what we sow greater than we sow later than we sow right some of that stuff comes back but I, I definitely wanted to, to speak to that praying is a powerful thing because we trust God there's hope when we pray Amen. that God will change the dynamic of things. And even when a person doesn't want to change, God allows things to be orchestrated in their life that causes them to do a shift. So that is 
We need to trust God. Don't tr now. I keep. I've been saying this so much to people lately, letting them know we're not trusting in God. We trust God. Amen. It's that simple. So that I want to say um, regarding that and the weight you talked about the with fathers, the weight of fathers, the responsibility of so much falls on the the weight of the that on that father's shoulder, and. That leads me here. What about the father that doesn't want to be in this child's life, period? I don't care. I had this child with you. I don't care. I don't want to have this child. What's some words of wisdom that you can give for maybe a father that may have said this and may come across this podcast and hear this snippet? What can you say to a father that has chosen? I don't care. I don't want to be there. Um, that's 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 a tough challenge. And, and what I would say, you know, um, is simply this: you're robbing the child of something that God has wired them for. And that's joy in their heart. Because if a child, you know, God said, and the glory of children are their fathers. Proverbs 17, 6. So what that means is that you're the one who God uses to light up their heart. They're the apple of your eye. And so you're missing out on one of the biggest privileges of all mankind. And quite frankly, you're skirting responsibility. And and, and, and and unfortunately, Eleanor, it doesn't require so much. In other words, it's dynamic, but yet it's simple and profound. Yes. What it requires is this for us to say, what is one way I can spend time with him or her to talk? And we're not talking about a significant amount of time. We're just talking about choosing to spend time. Mm. Yes. And so I would challenge the man who says, I don't want to do this, has to recognize that you're also <clears throat> uh, sabotaging their well-being mm. that's so good because if you're if they're wired for approval and acceptance from you and you don't want to be a part then it says that the opportunity is being squandered time alone talking with dad may be one of the most significant self-image builders there is for a child. You just hit right in. I literally wrote my note here as you were speaking to say, um, when they don't want to be a part of their lives, what does that speak to them? And you just answered it. It's like, thank you, Lord. You just, the Lord just allowed that to just be answered. So, so, so basically what we're saying is that there's a relational truth <laughs> that men and children experience. Wow. And it's designed by God. And so, you know, we, we, we can't, we, 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 we shouldn't shy away from it. If in fact, we want to honor that relationship, not only with the child, but also the relationship with our Lord God. 
Yes. And so we have to figure out as fathers, as men, we have to figure out what God wants from us as fathers. And what he wants us to do is pursue our children. Yes. And when I say that, it's not like that you have to dominate their life. It's just simply pursue them and reach out to them and say, hi, here I am. Mm. You know, and children, guess what? In turn, children in turn, and I'm not just talking about young children. I'm not talking about teenage children. I'm not talking about young adults. I'm talking about your lifetime as a parent. Young or old. And it's never too late to start. It's never too late to avail yourself for relationship. And it just, you you start with, with making yourself available. And you have to start, you know, there are some time tested principles for spending quality time, <laughs> no matter whether it's, you know, father and child or whatever relationship, but these time tested, you have to make it safe. You know, it has to be in a place where, you know, there's just undivided attention that can be given, right? And it doesn't have to be long. It could be half an hour. Yes. FaceTime. In this day and age. Zoom. But preferably face-to-face. But, you know, sometimes we're there, there. We may be in a different city, different town. But the technology is there. And then learn to ask questions so that you can build into their life. The simple question is, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Yeah. Introduce them, have them introduce themselves to you, but as importantly, introduce yourself to them. Mm -hmm. Tell them your testimony. You know, one of the things I want was, was for me with my daughter early on is to make sure she knew from me why I and her mother were no longer together. She may have heard it from her mother, but I wanted her to hear from me. So the apology is to the mother. The apology is to the child as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. I really... So you go from there, then it's about making it about them. You you don't want to be doing all the talking. Mm-hmm. You want to make it about them because the action speaks louder than the words. Yes. So availing yourself to them, you know what it says? It says you are valuable. You are a precious treasure. You are worth investing in. You are rare. You are beautiful. Those are the words that build up. But your time alone speaks that. That is so powerful. I mean, when you say you are rare, you I'm gonna speak. I have to speak. I'm sorry, I'm not getting rid of the boys and the young men and the grown men. I'm not, but for for women, adult children. I need to, um, one of the things I'm very um, passionate about and focused on is adult children. Because I said at the very beginning of starting this whole thing that I said, Lord, this is not me. Pocket, This isn't me. And that was, I didn't have any space where people were discussing adult children. And it was like, put right before me, then you discuss it. Because I didn't know and God just began to open the doors. But so when I'm speaking to, with, with girls, when a father speaks that to them, starting off early, it builds them into the womanhood. See, so 
it's harder once you're in the womanhood to receive that. So often um, I've seen it where men think that, okay, they're in the womanhood and I could just do it now. It doesn't work that way. You can get it to where it needs to be. But the trust begins early on because that's how you build trust. It's over time. It's a process. So once they are adult women and they know this is what my father has said to me all these years, they then know what type of man to choose and what type of man not to choose. They then know their worth as a woman. Speaking of the Lord, when you build them up, especially a father, I'm about to get real passionate about this thing because when a father is before his wife and children down on his knees, honoring and referencing the Lord. Do you can, I can't tell you how beautiful that is. I remember seeing my mom, my mother. Now my father wasn't doing any of that, but my mother, when I watched her it, praying on her knees, I, that, that did something to me. So if my father would have done that. Some of my choices probably would have been totally different, right? But it's seeing your father. He's been consistent all of your years. And I, I go back to this consistency because I'm telling you, on January 20th of this year, the Lord gave me something so powerful in my time of prayer. I'm in devotion. I was praying so deeply and he said, consistency will get you there. Trusting me will keep you there. That spoke, I, 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 had this, I almost came out of my prayer in a different way, trying to, was this said? I could hear it so clear because consistency gets you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And so fathers, if we if they would just know, stay consistent from the beginning with your children, and then that will bring them into adulthood, adulthood in a different way. So I absolutely love uh, that. And the making yourself. Can I, can I add? Yes. Can I just add, and not only the consistency, but as you were talking. You know, this, these principles, making it safe, learn to ask questions, make it mostly about them. Listening is the next mm-hmm. principle, right? Because, right, it's, 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 it's sort of a progression. When you make it about them and you're able to hear, now you hear their heart. Now you've discovered who they are, what they're about, what they're facing, what they're struggling with. Then it leads to your other point. It leads right to right then and there as a father, pray with them. There's a difference between praying for them and praying with them. Yes. In other words, you pray and you're praying back. Basically, it's a a skill in communication, right? When we're having a conversation, and we're actively listening from time to time i'm going to repeat back to you just like you have done in this interview what you've heard me say and what conclusions you're drawing from what i said and then we can then agree that yes that's what i said that's who i am (laughs) that's where i'm at and so and then in doing so i can pray on their behalf and go before the lord and petition the lord about their concerns about what they care for about the things that they're struggling with and guess what they too will learn that you're basically modeling right philippians 4 6 and 7 right Yes. yes. That's Don't be anxious cool. about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yes. So you're modeling that. You're modeling that. And so prayer is really 
a big part of when we spend time together with our children, we should be willing to pray with them. Yes, that's so good. Um, that prayer part when my daughter uh, was growing up, um, that's something that I made sure we did every single day. So before school, we would stand in the middle of the living room floor and pray. And I know I got on her nerves sometimes because, you know, especially when she was a teenager, it's like, I'm not trying to do this with you. Right. So not me, but her. It's like, I just want to get out of here. But I found it so important to pray with my daughter as, but I prayed more for and over her. But I found it very important to pray with her because there was the saying that always it was said, you know what I'm going to say, a family that prays together stays together. And I believe that wholeheartedly. I still believe, even in the distance between my daughter and I, I know there's going to come a day that all of this will be resolved and God will bring us together. I have that hope when he said faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's powerful to me because I don't see it in my natural eye, but my hope and my faith that I have lets me know God's not going to fail me in that. Amen. So those years of what I've put there, there's a, I think, is it the Clark sisters? I don't know. There's a song they say, is my living in vain? Is my praying in vain? Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope not. I don't hope not. I know not. Amen. I know that it didn't start. My daughter was, hmm, I told a story about when she was first born. I'm not going to get into that at the hospital, but she was home. And I remember looking at her, this little infant. And I mean, I was in love. Like, if you know what love is, like I was in love with this kid, right? This baby now I'm so in love with. Mm -hmm. But I remember praying to God about him being over me. And when I asked you a question about how we live, how I live before my daughter, I can say these things on here because they're true. They, they can't be combated. No one can come up like the politicians do and say, you got stuff in your laundry back here. You know, like when you said the attorney want to go, they want to pull stuff out of the woodwork. So somebody, they, it's not something that can be done because I made, I was purposeful. She was important to me and she was important enough to me for me to die to myself, to give her the best that I could in Christ. And that is what I wish every parent, and that doesn't mean we get it 100% right. Let me say that. That doesn't mean we're perfect. But the resolve is I'm focused on doing God what you would have me to do so that I can live a life and model before my daughter that's appropriate. And that's the thing as fathers, when I ask that question about leadership, how we live, how we live before them. What words we use? Are we cursing in front of them all the time? Are we, period, are we cursing in front of them? Are we drinking in front of them? Are we smoking? Are we getting high? Like, what are these things that we're doing before our children? And it's not to tear down. Again, I said at the beginning of this, we're not tearing anyone down. I'm stating that we have to be mindful what we do before our children. Smoking wasn't my thing. Drinking and cussing all in front of that's not my thing. And I'm, I definitely am not going to put this seed in my child's life because she means more to me than what this world has to offer me. Well, you, you touched on a great point. Uh, you know, when I shared with you, you know, God intervened on my behalf before my daughter came to live with me. You know, he, he had pricked my heart concerning my lifestyle. And in doing so, I mean, that really was um, the underlying <clears throat> test. That's right. How do we how do we model this life, this walk of faith before our kids? Because we know that, you know, uh, that we aren't perfect. Uh, but there are areas, though, of things that we have to put off. Right. The scriptures tell us that there's things that have to be put off. You know, you have to put off, you know, malice, you know, this whole idea of uh, undermining people, throwing them under the bus and having, you know, negative words and negative uh, 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 
attitudes towards people. You know, how we treat people, right, yes. ultimately demonstrates whether we're disciples of Christ or not. He says the love that you have for one another determines whether whether you're a disciple of Christ. And so we, we have to recognize that there's far-reaching implications. But, you know, what we've described and what we've been talking about here in this last question, though, also sits the table for you know, uh, being restored in our relationships, being restored in relationship to our children because we've done the work to at least open the lines of communication. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. It starts with collaboration as parents, no matter where we are in this walk of life that we all have a responsibility. It's, it's a, it's a joint responsibility. Yeah. You know, yes. it's that word, you know, it kind of has these legal connotations that those are the, that's the language that the court uses, right? Yes. Uh, yes. You have joint custodial, joint physical, joint legal under God's law. You have individual and your responsibility is to live up to God's law. Mm-hmm. Let God be true. <laughs> Let every man be a lie. And so we have to take it real. We have to take it seriously and we have to pursue. We have to pursue what we know uh, is ours. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and I'm not saying, <laughs> and I don't want anyone to take this Wrong. I'm not saying break the law, <laughs> because again, we don't, we don't, we want to be good stewards, but we don't also, we also want to be lawful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we're rebuilding, it's so important. I want to make sure this point comes out to to the to the men, to the fathers. Uh, you, you, when you're rebuilding, you don't want to be preachy. And you don't want to be uh, what's the word judgmental when you when you're trying to rebuild that relationship and your kids are back in your life. What you don't want to do is not accept who they are when they tell you who they are, and then you want to be quick to speak and tell them they're wrong about something. You just have to be careful. Because what we're wanting to do is to show love, to show care, to concern, concern for them. And it's like we talked about, you have to temper in some cases how you respond to when they share with you that they may, may not be on the right path, just like when we weren't on the right path. Yes, yes. When we came to that month, yeah, I mean, as we're rebuilding that relationship with our with our children, uh, you know, after there's been, you know, maybe a season of um, um, where we we weren't involved or weren't um, engaged fully, uh, we just have to be careful about a judgmental attitude, you know, as we're spending time, quality time with them, as uh, we're asking them. Uh, about themselves, asking questions, and they're sharing. We just have to be careful not to, uh, you know, just be judgmental and and uh, allow our emotions to, you know, uh, master and and be. Uh, we have to be sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be caring. We have to show that compassion, you know, and we have to listen. And as we uh, listen and allow them to share then and you know our role is to cover them yes to protect them and and to build them up and to encourage them particularly in the areas that they're sharing that there there may be struggle and so we what we do is we 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 look to be resourceful and to find how we can help 
right? And and that's a question that we should be sincere about posing to them is because sometimes sharing is simply that, right? And I've noticed that in, in just in communication and conflict, even on the job, sometimes people aren't looking for help. They're, they're, they're looking to explain kind of where they are mm-hmm. and, and give you a cue as to when they might need something. So some sometimes the question may be posed as, you know, what do you need in this moment? Is there something that I can do to help? Yes, that's really that's really good. Now I'm going to in our last possibly probably about 20 minutes, I'm going to first pose a question to you. Sure. And I'm going to leave you to close us out with whatever you feel needs to be stated. So I'm going to pose the question, but you don't have, you can answer that question, but then lead into whatever else you feel we need. Okay. So my question that I have for you, you are remarried and you happen to be remarried to someone that I actually uh, speak, uh, speak highly of. And I am uh, highly, I mean, I, I don't even have the words to say about her. She has been my friend for many years now. So it's that speaks volumes in itself. So um, she's a wonderful human being and no one has to tell you that because you're married to her. So you're the lucky one, okay? You're the blessed one, all right? Absolutely. All right. But being remarried, now you're a blended family and you have an adult daughter. How does that look having a wife and having a daughter how does that look how do you how do you navigate that to continue to to give your wife what she needs and to give your daughter what she needs well as you know we'll be celebrating 10 years of marriage of bliss this year as a matter of fact september 28th is our anniversary thank and praise god for that um what I would say is that, you know, what you're talking about is really loyalties and, you know, there is a balance that we have to strike. And I'll be honest with you, I'm still learning. As a matter of fact, you know, there's a great resource for step families. It's called the Smart Step Family by uh, uh, Ron Deal. And I want to talk about some other resources too, but, you know, uh, we have to make our marriages a priority. You know, the word of God says that, uh, you know, when you, if a man is to take a wife and he is to cling to her and he is to leave the mother and father, he's to leave, you know, in the cases of step parents, you know, we don't leave our children, but we have to, uh, we have to manage the alliance and the allegiance that we have to our children. And so, Again, it's 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 comes down to you know open communication. You know, I thank God for my wife. Uh, she's a, she's a God fearing woman. She's a virtuous woman. She commands her very own spirit, but she commands the spirit of a husband and of a daughter and of a mother and those in her circle of influence. And so, my wife is an interceder, and she's praying on our behalf. And she calls in, <clears throat> on the wisdom of the Lord, and she shares the wisdom of the Lord. She speaks the word, and uh, she takes great duty and pain in her calling as a wife and as a mother. And I am, I am blessed for it, and I thank God for her. Uh, you know, I I call her esteemed because. Um, you know, we have conversations just yesterday, you know, and she's she is my help meet. She's helping me to be the best version of me as a father. And I pray that my daughter esteems her as well. And I, I know she does because I know my wife is pouring out into her. So I think <clears throat> what we have to recognize is that there are even more successful outcomes. There's an advantage to children, uh, despite what the media has to say, 
about step parents, right? There's an advantage because you have another parent. <laughs> mm -hmm. in, in, in a lot of cases, you have another set of grandparents. And God uses uses that all. He uses it all together for the good, for the good <clears throat> of those who love him. You know, when he talks about the crown of the grandparents are the grandchildren. And so he's talking about this multi-generational joy that takes place, you know. And then he says the, 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 the glory of the children are the fathers. You know, it's, it's, it's just so awesome how God through lineage is able to bless and to pass along legacy. Yes. And legacy first starts with faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And yeah. so, you know, when we're when we're sharing, when we're teaching, when we are making disciples, uh, we're not making disciples of ourselves. We're making Christ-like disciples. Yeah. We're teaching them to obey everything that the Lord commanded us. And so I am so godly proud to be married to Stephanie Hughley because she pours into me and I pour into her and I'm learning to continue to watch her with the word and mm -hmm. she's continuing to grow as we grow in one flesh and I'm growing as a result of my submission to the Lord and our submission both to the Lord and to one another. Oh my goodness. And my daughter is a benefactor because she pours into her and I know she does because I hear that pouring into her. I hear it in her prayers. So thank God uh, that um, she is fearfully made fearfully and wonderfully in his own image. She has she has a high regard for the Lord, fear of the Lord. Um, she she um, and she greatly delights in his word. I can speak to that. Yeah, and it lamps to her feet, light unto her path, light unto mine as well. Oh my goodness. I want to just, I, I know I said I was going to let you take us all the way out, but I do want to say this to the women. Sure. Um, hear what he just said. Like, that's powerful. He's speaking about his wife. And that's what we're called to as women. We're in marriages. We're, you're married. Your responsibility, because men have their responsibility. We have a responsibility as well as mothers and as wives. And so um, it is to be praying as well, praying over our children, praying over, first of all, our spouses, then praying over our children, praying over the family as a whole and praying for others. So that, that is so powerful how you just spelled that out. But I just wanted to jump in and say that really fast because I want the women to know that. So I'll let you go ahead and close us out with whatever it is you feel you need to say. And we'll close it at that. Well, you know, I want to put a plug in for our men's discipleship group. You know, I've been uh, a part of this uh, discipleship group for many years. Uh, and so I would just uh, make a call to the men. Uh, if you're not a part of a men's discipleship study, um, you're welcome to join Every Man a Warrior. Yeah. And uh, and and let me just say a few things about it. You know, uh, I was just getting come to discover that that, you know, it is a blueprint on what God um, has to say about men's ministry in that uh, the teachings that it's rooted, it's grounded in the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's what the scriptures say. And to me, that should be the focus of any discipleship study. And so one of the most important things that we learned that we've learned in discipleship is that our love relationship with the Lord is where real life transformation takes place. 
the great commandment, Matthew 22, 36-38, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. But then we also, we go and we make disciples of all nations. And so this study is really about, you know, practicing, developing, applying, obeying the biblical principles on walking with God for a lifetime, on marriage, on raising children, on work, on marriage, on, uh, you know, hard times going through difficulties, trials, tribulations, making our life count for something that's greater than self. Mm -hmm. So again, I would invite, you know, man, uh, come experience it. Experience God. Let him mold you and shape you and, and build you up and encourage you to become the man, the father, the husband, the son, the brother, that God's calling you to be. And, you know, since the introduction of this, uh, this discipleship study, over 120 men that have gone through this discipleship study, we've did 10 cycles through June of this year. And this fall, we're starting our 11th cycle. And so if you're looking to be fed, if you're looking to grow spiritually, if you're looking to grow uh, in your uh, sincere relationship, the relationship with the Lord, uh, I would invite you. And, you, and so if you're interested to uh, firsthand to kind of experience the men who will be a part of this study, you're welcome. Our mission is really simply this, is to produce men who are transformed in their in their uh, thinking, trustworthy what God has entrusted to them, and transformed, triumphant in their faith, family, their finances, and 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 and, and fitness. Wow! And so wow. that's 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 who we are, and how we go about doing it. We equipped ourselves with the essential skills of discipleship, life skills to fight well, to end well to be successful in life, to be built up in our faith and our relationships, uh, committed to love and trust the Lord our God, uh, become sons and fathers and husbands that God called us to be, to be servant leaders in the home mm -hmm. and in the community and in the church. Uh, we're compassionate about what we do in creating healthy, safe environments of mutual support, encouragement, transparency, identity. And if I want to add to, I'm going to say authenticity and vulnerability. Yes. <laughs> and that that's who we are. That's what we do. We're followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, we train ourselves and one another in righteousness and holiness sacrificial love we bear fruit and we multiply love it love it so i want to say this because there are going to be resources so in the about section there are going to be the resources that keith talked about that he wants to be able to give to provide and his contact information will also be in the about section so you're not going to miss anything that we were talking about here today uh, for the the women, I really hope that you really heard what was said about our part as women, as mothers, as wives. Because I'm so grateful that Keith expounded more. He showed us that from um, it's not just from a parenting standpoint; it starts way before that. So all the resources are going to be there. His contact information is going to be there, and so. Until we see each other again, I want to thank you, Mr. Hughley. I so greatly am humble. And I, I want to say that with a, a with, I want to take the smile off my face, even though my smile is of joy, but I need you to understand how serious I am about and how honored I am that you are here with us today and blessing us with your wisdom that comes from your alignment with the Lord. Because 
For me, I'm being honest. That's all I ever want to hear. What is it the Lord has to say for my life? Other than that, it doesn't matter. So I want to thank you on behalf of myself, the ladies, and any men that may be listening. Until we see. My truth. I'm honored that God has placed this before me, and I'm looking forward to all that he alone will do by way of healing for so many women, including myself.